Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. On this podcast, we talk about lasting healing from divorce, trauma, and loss through Jesus Christ, because healing and true redemption have already been extended by a good God. Sometimes he's inviting us to partner with him and receive that healing for ourselves. My name is Ellie Hope Collins, and I'm the host of this podcast, founder of HopeReclaimedMinistries.com, and a coach for individuals healing from divorce, trauma, and loss. In 2016, I discovered my ex-husband's long-term affair, and I was totally broken. Although I was desperate for a restored marriage, that's not what happened. But it wasn't until I chose to go back to every restaurant, listen to every song, and relive every memory that reminded me of my marriage and truly surrender everything to God that I really began to live a reclaimed life. And I'm now on a mission to help men and women just like you see true and lasting healing through Jesus. Whether you're experiencing the painful effects of divorce, grieving the death of a spouse, or beginning to accept the loss of a dream, you're in the right place. Complete healing and restoration is possible. Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. And we're back. Hey guys, welcome back to Hope Reclaimed. My name is Ellie Hope Collins, and I am so glad that you're here. It has been a couple months. I haven't put out a podcast in several months, and so thank you for bearing with me. And thank you for sticking with me and listening, coming back to um, to partake in this episode today. I am excited about this episode because I have my friend Annie Davis on the podcast. Annie is going to be stepping in into the Hope Reclaimed community gatherings as the facilitator in the fall months. I've been leading those groups um, for about three years, over three years now. And um, I'm asking Annie to step in to do them for me because I'm going to have a baby very soon, which is pretty, pretty wild. And so Annie is going to be stepping in to, uh, to take that over for the next couple months. And I'm really excited because she has such an important perspective, such an important point of view in healing and restoration. Annie is passionate about healing and redemption. She's passionate about justice and seeing people set free by the power of the Lord and the power of his process of bringing people through to healing. So I know she's going to be just perfect for this job, and you're going to hear her a little bit of her story today in the podcast, as well as her perspective on what community is and why it's important. So please enjoy this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate the podcast. And if you're interested, if you're a woman who is going through a divorce or marital separation and you are looking for community, look no further. Come and join the Reclaimed Community Gatherings. Our next gathering is going to be September 21st at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And if you'd like to register for that, you can do that in the description of this podcast, or you can find it on my website at hopereclaimedministries.com, so you can register for that call. Be encouraged and enjoy this episode. Annie, welcome back. Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. It's so good to see you. I love it. It's so good to be back with you. Oh my gosh. Okay. So it's been, we, we just looked, we just checked when, when, the, when the last time you were on the podcast was. It was two years ago. Yeah. Episode 62 of Hope Reclaimed. <laughs> it's a long time. It has been. And so it is so awesome to have you back. So I want to encourage people. I mean, first of all, you're going to get a lot from this episode. I believe it. You're going to gain a lot of wisdom from Annie if you're listening. But also go and check out that previous episode with her because it's so good. We're not going to get into too many of the details today 
on Annie's story. We're going to talk a little bit about it, (laughs) but, but if people want to hear that episode and want to know more about you, go and listen to it. You can just Google hope reclaimed episode 62, Annie, and you'll find it. (laughs) But Annie, can you just fill my people in a little bit? Who are you? Where are you? What fills your days? All right. Well, I'm Annie Davis. I um, I was born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska, so I am a Midwest girl at heart, but um, right now I am in Redding, California doing ministry school, and I am just starting my third and final year here, and so school is filling my days <laughs> yeah. very much, and just going after the Lord and what he has for me after the journey that I walked through, um, you know, the enemy set out to destroy, but the Lord used it to set up for what I get to do from here on out. Yeah. Preach it. That's so good. So what does the ministry school look like? Um, you know, the first year was really all about learning your identity and who you are in Christ. Um, that was really the main focus. And there was so much more that went on during that. Um, at the time that I arrived here at that point, I was seven years out of my divorce. I had been through so much forgiveness and healing. I thought I was in a really good place. (laughs) Then I showed up and it was like a deep closet cleaning of things that I had Mm. no idea that I was still not as, I wouldn't even say holding on to, but I just wasn't even aware of. Yeah. And it was like, there was so much more healing that was able to take place just during that year. And then um, the second year became about leadership mm-hmm. and really it almost kind of flipped the script to, from going, what were you holding on to from the past to now? Where's the Lord leading you in the future? Come on. And so it was just kind of a pivot point in the, in the schooling here. And then third year is a mentor, um, or I should say an internship. Mm -hmm. And so I have a mentor who happens to be my pastor from the first year and um, her bent or um, her focus is on inner healing, which was exactly where I was supposed to be. But in first year, having her as my pastor, now I will have her as um, a mentor and be able to dive even deeper into that area to be able to walk other women and even men through yes. similar healing. Cause it's not, it's not just with women. Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, man. That's so, I love that you talked about how you thought that you were in a good place, which is great. That's like, mm-hmm. you're not, that's not self-deception. Like you were in a good place. Yeah, <laughs> like I was. The Lord is taking you to a deeper place. And so he was like, let's let's really get into this. Let's like, let's clean out all the closets. Let's do the deep inner healing work. And now you're working with that same woman right now to then be able to give that away. Um, amazing. Yeah. So, so cool. It is really good. I am so thankful that, I mean, there's days where I can't even believe that the Lord actually worked my whole life around the ability for me to be here for three years. It's like, you know, to just think that this was like a dream come true for me that I never thought I would ever be able to experience. And yet he brought me here to be able to do what I'm doing. And it it blows my mind. Yeah. And, and he's leading you from glory to glory. So, so amazing. I'm just excited as well, Annie, because, um, for, for those people that may not know, um, I've had, I've, I've put on these, um, reclaimed communities for the last 
several years. I've done this for a long time. And the reclaimed community is a group of um, women who are healing from divorce, marital separation, um, and betrayal within the marriage. And, um, and I have just loved doing these groups. We meet online, we gather together and we share the ups and downs of what's been going on, but also just talk about healing and it's pretty casual. Mm -hmm. Um, and we meet monthly and Annie, you've been a part of this for a long time, which I'm so grateful for. I love um, it. We've connected through the podcast. That's actually how we connected because yes. you reached out to me. Um, and then you were connected with then, then the reclaimed community, right? Is that how it went? Yeah. Thank you. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Praise the Lord that we're still meeting virtually. Yeah. <laughs> virtually has been, has, we've been able to gather together, um, from all over, sometimes all over the world. There's people yeah. who come internationally to this. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. excuse me, God, what are you doing? Like, thank you so much. I feel so grateful. And it's, I I don't want people to think like, you know, we have dozens and dozens of people in a room. It's pretty, it's a pretty small group typically, but, um, man, there was one time this, there was, there was one time that it was, and maybe you were there, Annie, I don't, I don't actually know, but, um, there was one woman from, New Jersey, one woman in, um, I think in, uh, Georgia, we had one woman in LA and then, um, and then somebody in Oregon and then me in Minnesota. (laughs) And I was like, God, you've like, you've, you've, you know, framed the U S every corner of America. And it was a, a, just a really beautiful experience. And I, I feel so I don't say this at all to toot my own horn because I've really just, I've, I've done very, very little with this, but I feel so incredibly honored and grateful that women from all over can come and share their story and share their experience. And, um, and I'm actually entering into a totally new season of life, which is, which is, um, parenthood. Um, some, some people may not know, but, um, last year during, the height of the pandemic, my, um, I, I got remarried to, um, to my husband, Austin, and, um, he has, he has walked through a divorce as well. And he's, he's been on the podcast. I'm not going to get into that story, but we're having a baby. What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> we're Redemption. Having a child. Yes. Oh my word. That's a story for another time y'all. Um, but you know, just in this season of of wanting to step into this new role as a mom really well. Um, I've, I've made the decision to pull back with a lot of things with a lot of ministry things, um, for a time and, um, the reclaimed community is one of them. So, um, I'm incredibly honored and grateful that you, Annie have agreed (laughs) to lead the reclaimed community in a few months of my absence. I'm so honored that you trust me enough to allow me to step in, in your place. Cause that's, that's huge. You've built this from the ground up. It's your, it's not your, you know, your baby, <laughs> like you're getting ready to give birth to, but it is a baby for you. And to be able to hand that to somebody else that you feel is trustworthy is such an honor Aww. and a blessing for me to sit in these shoes and just it blows my mind because it's something that has been on my heart for a long time. And I never, ever thought that I would actually see this happening right in front of my eyes. So so good. 
Yeah. And I, and I'm, I just feel, I don't know. I could say a lot of things, but basically I wanted to have you on the podcast for people to get to know you a little bit. Um, but also just to talk about the importance of community, because this was something that you and I, (laughs) it's been a journey for us in our, in the, in our marriages. Yes. Mm -hmm. In our previous marriages, but also in, um, in our, in our healing from divorce. Right. And so your perspective is so interesting and important. And when I, when we had started dialoguing about it a little bit, I was like, this is good. This is going to be great. (laughs) This is going to be so good because it's something that as the church, we, you know, we are the church for one another community is essential to that real real, authentic community, real, authentic Mm -hmm. relationships with one another is pivotal for, um, for our development as believers, um, Mm -hmm. true discipleship is we could talk forever about it, (laughs) but what I would love for you to share a little bit is just recap a bit of your story for us and share a little bit about, um, how community was a struggle for you, but also, a a active part of the healing process for you? Well, I was, um, just because this is a podcast and nobody can actually see my face. If you haven't met me, I am 58 years old. So, um, I was actually married for 29 years and in my marriage, there was a lot of abuse that happened. It was, um, you know, for a long time, I said it wasn't physical, Um, but it was very much emotional. It was all about control manipulation. Um, the Lord's actually revealed to me recently that it was physical. He -hmm. never hit me. He never broke my bones, anything like that. But the fact that he withheld touch from me for a long, long time, it was like, that is just as physical as somebody hurting you in other ways. So, um, neglect. Yeah, it really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that can be, um, you know, kind of an obscure, I don't even know if you'd call it an obscure, but a form of you know, physical abuse, maybe just an aspect that's not as touched on. Yeah. Yeah. Truly. You know, when I was stepped into my marriage, it was unhealthy, but it was what I was used to. It was the norm Mm. for me. It was very similar to the way I had grown up. It wasn't anything that drew any red flags for me, which I think is so common. And, uh, but as time went on, it just seemed to get worse and worse. And when we had children, Um, my oldest son was born and then, um, you know, there's a lot of details, but, uh, he got me out of the church and that was huge for me because all of my friends, all of my community had been in the church and that was a huge step. Um, that was the first step towards isolation, which again, I didn't see at the time, um, because there was just so much else going on around it. But, um, yeah, so the isolation was huge. And, um, it was 24 years after that, that I ended up actually leaving the marriage. It got bad enough. And, um, but when you're in that forest, you can't, you can't see the trees. And because of the isolation, I didn't have anybody else that I could kind of compare my life to. And, um, you hear it said a lot that comparison kills don't compare yourself to somebody else. And I agree with that. I really agree with that. You can't, you know, everybody's on their own journey. Everybody's on their own walk. But if I would have had girlfriends that I could have sat down with and said, you know what, my marriage doesn't look like yours. Why? You know, and sometimes there is a place Mm. for conversation. There's a place to say, 
this looks really, really different. Is there something going on on your end or is there something going on on my end? Or maybe there's a conversation to be had or something like that. And um, yeah, so, I mean, I think that's just a part of it. And I think that's one of the reasons why I stayed in my marriage so long is because mm. I didn't have anything to compare to it. It looked fine. I felt yeah. miserable. Wow. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt no, you, but I think fine. what you're saying is so important. It's like that healthy comparison that we get in the as- in the aspect of healthy community. Yeah. Of, yeah. of healthy individuals around us mm-hmm. and, and to see like there, there's something off here on someone's end. Yeah. yeah. That's such a, that's such an interesting point. Cause we do hear of comparison being a bad thing. Don't compare yeah. yourself with your neighbors or whatever, but there is an aspect of that healthy, um, healthy comparison. Yeah. Mm. And then sometimes there's, there's two sides to every coin, you know, it's like peer pressure can be really bad if somebody's trying to pressure you into something that you shouldn't do. But at the same time, peer pressure can be good if they're encouraging you to do something that you're really struggling to do, but it's for you to do. So, wow. And I think that's where you really, you have to make sure that you've got wise counsel in your life Mm. and you've got people around you that are going to help nurture you and grow you in the right areas. And that is all about community. Um, I did not have that. Um, When I went through my divorce, um, my dad was no longer living. My mom actually sided with my ex-husband in the divorce. And so that made it even harder. I didn't have family. Um, I had two sons at the time that um, uh, just as a fact, my ex-husband kind of played the suicide card. And so it became about, um, my kids were like, mom, we know you're the stronger one. You'll be fine. We have to make sure dad stays alive because if he doesn't, then, then, then they knew that they were going to carry the guilt for that. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't that I didn't have them in my life. If I would have reached out, they would have been there, but I was like, okay, I get it. Go take care of your dad. Yeah. And I sat alone. And so it was just one of those things where it's like, all I had was the Lord. All I had was the Lord. And I know that when we're in a position that we have nothing else, he will come in and he will fill the gaps if you just chase after him. So that can be done. And that's what I had to do. And I am so thankful that my natural bent was to go after the Lord because otherwise I don't, I don't know if I would have survived it because suicide was actually became a thought in my mind. And well, you know what? It's, it was, it was a part of my journey. It was a brief thought. Um, I said the words out loud. It's like, what am I going to have to do to get away from all of this? Am I actually going to have to commit suicide? The minute I heard the words come out of my mouth, I was like, okay, this has went too far. Something's very wrong. This is definitely a red flag. And at that point I had one connection Like I say, I was in Nebraska at the time. I had one connection in a different state that reached out to me and asked how I was doing. And I said, I'm not doing well. And she said, well, why don't you move here and live with us and get kind of get a fresh start, a new beginning. And I said, well, you know, I would have to have, everything would have to fall into line. I would have to be able to find a job. I would have to be able to, you know, they offered me housing, um, all of this stuff, you know, and honestly, it all fell into line. I was able to Mm. transfer with my job. So I thought it was an answer to prayer. Yeah. Um, These people were not believers 
And I moved into their house and I spent 11 months with them. And I literally jumped from the frying pan into the fire. And that relationship became very um, abusive in its own rights. Mm. And so even though they were somebody that was offering me community, I went for it and it ended up being very unhealthy. And I learned a lot. The Lord stepped in. He covered me. He took care of me. He, you know, he got me into the right places and connected with the right people, but it was almost as if it just extended the time of the abuse from my marriage. And it was like, okay. But I think that it also goes to show that when you walk out of a, an abusive situation, for an example, um, if you're not in a good place, if you're not healed, if you're not whole, if you don't have the right connections, you will create a revolving door and you will just keep walking back and back and back into the same thing. Hey, oh, (laughs) and that's dangerous. And that's really, I mean, that's a, that's a tough reality. If we're not actually facing the things that, that if we're not facing the actual healing and that, that you're just going to keep repeating it. I think it's so interesting that you pointed out that you, you, what you needed and what, what you were craving, they were offering you community. And so you're like, oh, this sounds great. (laughs) This sounds like exactly what I need which mm-hmm. is supportive people to encourage me right now. Yeah. But, but it was an it was a really unhealthy situation and yeah. man, that's, I mean, that's tough. That's really hard. Yeah. So just because somebody is offering you community, it's mm-hmm. not always healthy community. Yeah. And um, honestly, the best time to build community is before you're in trouble, quote unquote. Bingo. <laughs> but you don't always know because, you know, it's almost one of those, which comes first, the chicken or the right, egg. Right. If you had healthy community before you got into, you know, a negative marriage uh-huh. or a toxic relationship, would you have? Because the people around you would have been, hey, something's not right. You need to stop before you move forward in this. And they could have kept you from a destructive relationship. So it's, you know, it's really hard because you Mm. don't always know and not, not all marriages turn on a dime, not all, you know, I mean, there's, there's so many moving parts and it's hard. It is really hard. My, um, my husband, Austin always says, um, and he did a, he did a podcast on this actually, um, back in this, in the winter last year, that storms don't re- storms don't build foundations. They reveal foundations. Yes. And I think that is so true. And especially, I mean, that, I think that's true in what you're saying <laughs> that, yeah. that the storms of life and especially going through a divorce, it's not just going to automatically build a, build you a foundation of community and and, you know, faithful friends to help and right. support you through it. Um, it reveals who those people are and it yeah. reveals that that's something that you do need. You can build a foundation in the middle of it because God is good and he is faithful and he's yes. going to meet your needs and provide that. But it really does reveal kind of a nature of how things are going. Yeah. And as I was even thinking about this this morning, the Lord brought to mind a a scripture verse Um, in Proverbs 27, seven, it says, when your soul is starving, every bitter thing becomes sweet. 
And I think Mm. that's exactly what happened to me is I was starving for community. And so it didn't matter what that community looked like. Mm. You know, when my friend offered me to, you know, the opportunity to come and live with them, it was like, it seemed sweet because it just seemed like community. And that's all I cared about. And I wasn't looking, oh, is this healthy? Is this somebody that I should be spending time with? Is this somebody Mm -hmm. that's actually going to get me moving in the right direction? And, um, you know, the fact that they weren't believers, honestly, isn't always a tell. You can have believers that are very unhealthy in community, and you can have (laughs) non-believers that are actually very healthy. So that's not, that's not necessarily a red light green Mm -hmm. light situation either. That's a, that's a really good point. And I mean, what, what you're saying is, and I I love that verse. I want to just say, I love that verse. Um, when you're starving, even what is it when you're starving, um, read it again. Would you, Okay, you bet. I want to make sure um, people understand the, the, the depth of that and kind of this analogy that we're bringing here. And this is actually from the Passion Translation that I'm reading. The second half of um, Proverbs 27, 7. But when your soul is starving, every bitter thing becomes sweet. When your soul is starving. So when your your mind, will, and emotions are hurting and hungry, everything will taste sweet. That is crazy. So, So what you're saying is that even in that, in that state of, Need, really do you, you need food, you mm-hmm. need community, you need people, the wrong people can, can appear sweet at the yeah. time. Yeah. That's big. And even the first part of that same verse says, when your soul is full, you turn down even the sweetest honey, but when your soul mm. is starving, every bitter thing becomes sweet. So it's like, if your love tank is full, you're not out dumpster diving to get love. So when you have, when you have the thing that you need, when you have the community, or even when you're, when you feel fully satisfied in the Lord, yeah, then, then you're not going to, you're not going to be getting it in the wrong, in the wrong ways, in the wrong areas. Yeah. Um, when, I mean, what's, what's challenging. I mean, there's so many aspects obviously about divorce that are challenging when we're going through a divorce in particular, it f- your, your soul, your heart feel like they're in two because mm-hmm. they kind of are. Yeah. You, you've, you've, you've severed a part of yourself because you were one mm-hmm. and you've severed a part of yourself. And that person is walking around outside of yourself and, yeah. and the Lord is faithful to heal that. If you've listened to this podcast at all, you know, that that's what I believe <laughs> he's faithful yeah. to bring full and complete redemption and healing for that. Um, but that is a, it's a, it's a relational wounding. Mm-hmm. And I believe that a lot of times the Lord is calling us to step into a relational healing when we yeah. have a relational wounding and, but in a healthy way, mm-hmm. <laughs> deep and healthy way. And so it's clear, like we, we crave community, you know, you read in, you read in Genesis, God says, it's not good for man to be alone. That doesn't mean it's not good for people to be single. It means it's not good for people to go and just be without community. Exactly. And, and I think that's, I mean, it's just such an interesting point that you're saying you can have the wrong community. Mm -hmm. You can have the wrong people. So how did the Lord, 
how did the Lord lead you out of that? You know, um, honestly, when I started making a change, um, like I said, my mom was kind of integral in a lot of the circumstances that were going on in the time. And I was, I was in all of the wrong places, connecting with all of the wrong people and all of that until she passed away. And it was almost as if the Lord said, she has had enough of an effect on your life. And now it's just going to be you and me. And we're going to start this over without her speaking into your life. And that was in 2016. Um, My divorce was final in 2012. So it was four years later. And all of a sudden I started getting so hungry for the Lord that I could not stop. I would go to work in the, you know, during the day I would come home from work. I would turn on a worship set and then I would find a message on YouTube to listen to. And it was like going to church every single night. I worked four day weeks. So I had, you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday all to myself. I would get up in the mornings and I would run any errands or I would clean or do laundry or anything like that. And I would get it done as fast as I could so that I could literally spend time with the Lord. There were days that I would listen to eight messages a day and I was (laughs) taking notes. I mean, I was a sponge and I could not soak it in enough. And I did that for approximately eight months. I just soaked in the Lord and I was by myself, but I was just going after him and I could not wait to just be alone with the Lord. Mm. And I think in that it was just, there was such a sweetness in that, that it was like, I don't want to ever give this up. And then all of a sudden, um, uh, there was a Bible study that I was invited to, to go to on Tuesday evenings. And so I would start going to that. And I was like, I knew there just came a point where I realized in my heart that it was good to be around other people, even Mm -hmm. though I was thoroughly enjoying my time at home alone with the Lord. And so I just started going and I mean, it was one night a week and I could still spend all of the other time with the Lord that I wanted to. And then I just started connecting with people. And some of these people were people I had known years and years before. Some of them were people that were new to me. And it was like slowly, but surely the Lord just started sprinkling these people into my life and just started integrating it. And it was just such a smooth transition that, um, it was just really, really sweet. And so those people started to become more and more important to me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I think it was at that point when I started, I don't even know if I can honestly say that they felt like community for me, but it was just like a person here or a person there. Um, you know, I have a cousin that actually lives in Wisconsin that I'm very close to. And, um, her and I have almost created community. The Lord has drawn us together on another, um, on another level. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if something's going on in my life, she's one of my first people that is my go-to. And, um, so that is actually really sweet. But then it was also a situation where it was like, if I tried to go out and find people and make things happen, they just didn't seem to be happening. Mm -hmm. And, and I couldn't figure out why for the longest time. And then it was the Lord just started, well, what if I have something for you outside of Omaha? And he just started teasing me with his little thoughts. And I had no idea at the time that he was actually preparing my heart to come out here to California and do school. 
And so by the time I got here, I, you know, you're, you have this influx of people that is around you constantly and um, you're just meeting all kinds of people. And even in that, not everybody's healthy, not everybody's safe. And so was learning that, um, that whole dynamic. And I was like, okay. And then I had to learn something that I've never learned before. I was never taught growing up. Um, you have, people have to earn your trust. Mm-hmm. And I never, I never knew that. And I was like, oh, like when I got married, it was like, oh, you're my husband. I trust you. Why wouldn't I trust you? You have my all. Yeah. yeah. And I had no idea that that was not a good thing. Yeah. Say more about that for you. How did that, how did that show up outside, even outside of your marriage? You know, I think, um, probably the best examples that I have of that are moving out here. And, um, when I came for the very beginning of schooling for my first year, there was, um, a house that I rented and I lived with four other women. And when I first came, it was like, oh, okay, they're going to be my roommates. They're going to be my housemates. Of course I would trust them. The Lord wouldn't put me in the same house with them if I couldn't trust them. And, I just jumped in. I started telling them everything. I started just being totally vulnerable, transparent, the whole nine yards, Mm -hmm. and they weren't reciprocating it. And there was clashes. I mean, and it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. It was, oh, what temperature are we going to keep the house at? Are we going to have the windows open or closed? But it was one of those things that I learned that it's like, wait a minute, I'm jumping in way too quick and I'm trusting people Mm. because we live under the same roof and they haven't earned my trust. And Mm. I am being way too open and honest about what's going on with me. But yet when it's time for them to tell me what's going on in their lives, they're not saying anything. Hmm. And so it just kind of became a little bit about imbalance. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, I need to back up the train a little bit and learn, you know, because I think especially coming out of my situation when I was told very specifically not to talk and, you know, what goes on under this roof isn't to be shared with anybody else. And when I finally feel like I broke free, so to speak, it was like, oh, I want to tell everybody everything. And so I would meet a new person. I would just automatically want to verbally vomit. And it was, I can relate to that. (laughs) I can, you know, and there's some people, if they've walked through a similar journey, they can appreciate it. And they know right where you're at because they've probably done it themselves. There's a lot of people that are just like, Oh, wait a minute. Hold up. I don't want to hear it. And they would back off. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't understand why for the longest Hmm. time. So there's, I mean, that, that sounds like a vulnerability imbalance. I mean, a yeah. trust issue too, but a vulnerability mm-hmm. imbalance. So, so how, how have you, how have you thought about that? And even in just being vulnerable with people or how do you gauge, is it safe to be vulnerable yeah. with, with this person, with, yeah. with this group of people? You know, I think that number one, I look at it now from a perspective of who am I around? And where am I at? Um, If I'm in my group with school, let's say, for example, I've got a small group that's about 10 people and we're supposed to be doing the, you know, the hard things in life together. And we're supposed to be sharing our weeks with each other. And so I try to step out a little bit, you know, or there'll be just like, 
as simple as, hey, who's how we just want to check in with everybody and see how your week has been going. And so I would step out and say, well, you know, it's been kind of difficult. I've had this experience or that experience and see how it's received and see how it's accepted and see how it's responded to, and then kind of watch what other people are doing. And you kind of, um, I heard a concept a couple of years ago that I really, really appreciated. And it was called an intimacy ladder. And um, Mm. it's like, if you think about the rungs of a ladder and you've got the two side poles, and then you've got the rungs that go between the two and you Mm want to make sure that your trust is at the same level as your intimacy or call it your vulnerability. Because if you're being way too vulnerable where the trust hasn't been built, all of a sudden those rungs are crooked and you're not going to climb up that ladder properly. You're going to be cattywampus as my grandpa would have said, and and you're going to be falling off that ladder. That's not fun or cute. That's that's so interesting. So the, so one, so one side is the trust. The other side is the vulnerability slash intimacy, which is just sharing your stuff. That's being, that's being open and honest about what am I going through and having those things be balanced. Yeah. Such a, such an interesting concept. Um, and such a beautiful, beautiful way of thinking about it. I love that image. I mean, what, what, what's challenging in your situation and in so many mm-hmm. people's situations that go through, that, that go through painful marriages, abuse, betrayal, um, you know, there's infidelity, there's trust that's broken. Yeah. There's real trust that's broken, especially in a relationship that is meant to be the most intimate, mm-hmm. the most God honoring. You are bearing your soul with this person. You vowed to do that. Yeah. And trust has been broken. So that closeness has been wounded so deeply. So then how are you, how are you then supposed to just talk with a friend or talk with this small group that you're in about, um, that stuff? I mean, it's interesting that you had, you were shut down in your marriage and then you got Mm -hmm. out and you're like, let's talk about this with everybody. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't have so much of an issue with, I I shared very openly as well. Why Mm -hmm. do, why did we do that? (laughs) Because we were both wounded in that way. You know, Yeah, I think that's, I think that's interesting. Yeah. What, what do you, what do you think is a key there? You know, I think as far as like the, the way that we both talked about everything, I think there is something like, if you picture a pendulum, Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, this is, this comes in anything that you walk through healing and it's not just about, you know, betrayal. I mean, this is just about anything that the Lord walks you through, but when you realize that you're doing something that needs to be corrected, we oftentimes overcorrect and we swing that pendulum all the way to the other side. Ain't that the and- truth? Yeah. And then we realize, okay, maybe that wasn't wise. And then the yeah. Lord just slowly brings us back to the middle where there's a balance and that we can, we can hang freely, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's like in that middle is where it's the safest and the healthiest place to be. But sometimes we have to swing all the way to the other side to realize where the middle is. Totally. That is so true. So in that, in that middle, mm-hmm. how do we fight against the fear of being rejected again, mm-hmm. or being 
being wounded again. Cause there might be those people that don't necessarily swing to the other side who are like, I got to keep my stuff to myself yeah. and I'm not, I'm not going to let anybody else in. Yeah. Um, and then for some people too, to find that middle, there would be the motivation of fear. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So how, how would you, how do you think that plays into it? Well, I think that there comes a point where early on in the process, you might be really afraid um, to be vulnerable because you don't want to put yourself back out there to be hurt. Even, even if it's with a girlfriend or, or somebody that you feel like you can trust, but everything we do in life has the possibility of hurting us. Every person other than Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) is, is feasibly going to cause hurt in our life. Nobody is going to be perfect. Nobody is going to be, you know, without that possibility. So we have to be willing to step out and take a risk and have faith that we have to grow and you don't, I mean, it's called growing pains for a reason (laughs) because it can really be painful, but if you aren't ever willing to step out, then you're, you're actually isolating yourself and you're causing just as much damage as somebody else is isolating you. Wow. And so I think that you have to be willing to step out and say, you know what, I'm going to go for it. And even if only for the satisfaction to be, you know what, the enemy doesn't want you to step out. So it's only for the satisfaction of kicking him in the teeth. Um, it's worth it. <laughs> I've heard you say something slightly different than that. It's <laughs> a little bit different. <laughs> oh, and you can choose whether or not to share that. But yes, that same idea of just hurting him in a vulnerable place. Yes. He deserves it. So I mean, I love I love what you're saying here. I love I, you know, fighting that fear, not even fighting it, but just rejecting it. Mm-hmm. Um, rejecting the um, the thought that you can't yeah. or, or that there's, there's hindrances to, um, to, to real intimacy and real vulnerability with community. Um, mm. the, what, what's interesting about my, about the reclaimed community and kind of how I designed it to be is there's not necessarily that trust right away by yeah. building community. Um, the idea behind the reclaimed community is that you can just show up on a call and, and kind of just bear your soul if you want to, mm-hmm. and you don't have to. Yeah. Um, and th- you know, this, that's a little bit different than what you're saying, but with the idea and the hope and the prayer that that would be a step then for you to develop and build that community or find that in just being and having the freedom to, to kind of unload the pain to a group of people that are safe, that can understand. Right. Um, so for you, how have you seen that? Um, just in just talking a little bit about the reclaimed community. Okay. Um, I think that the first thing that comes to mind is when we are willing to step out and be vulnerable, um, especially for me, I was blown away at when I would speak and somebody else would go, oh, that's exactly what I've experienced. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm going, wait a minute. I wasn't alone. Yeah. I was the only one that's ever dealt with this in the entire planet. Yeah. 
because we all think that we're the only one, no matter what our story is. And it's not that somebody else is going to walk the exact same footsteps that you've walked, but there are so many people that are on the same path. And if you're willing to open up your heart, you're going to find other people that are going to walk alongside of you, or you're all walking in the same path, but you don't realize the other person is there. And the minute you're willing to open up and see, oh, there's a whole bunch of people on this path with me. And I think that is so huge because again, that is what the enemy wants. He wants you to think that you're alone and you're not. So why keep it all to yourself? And again, it doesn't mean you have to swing completely the other direction. You can dip your toes in the water and take one step at a time. You know, baby steps will get you further than taking no steps at all. And Preach so, it. yeah, it's, it's so worth it. And, and then the other thing that you're going to find out is when you start feeling more comfortable about being vulnerable, it's just like that ladder. It's like, well, you can't just hop both steps, you know, you can't hop both feet from rung to rung and be mm-hmm. safe. You have to take one step at a time. So one person, you know, that intimacy slash vulnerability and versus the trust, somebody has to be willing to put one foot up on the next yeah. rung yes, in order to put the second foot on the next yep. rung. And so sometimes somebody has to be willing to step out in vulnerability and share their heart And then the other people are going to go, you've made me feel safe. Now I can share. Yes, exactly. And I think with the, um, with the reclaimed community, one thing that really helps is when there's a new person that comes in that hasn't been a part of a call in the past. And a lot of times we just briefly go around the, you know, the zoom room and (laughs) in really brief terms, what our story is. Yep. And then when you get to that new person, you can just see the weight lift off of them many times and go, oh, it is okay for me to share because mm-hmm. I'm with a bunch of people that have walked this same journey yeah. and they're yeah. going to have information that's going to help me in what I am now facing because yeah. there's people that are still in the midst of it. And there's people like me, who's nine years out from it at this point, and you've got everybody in between. Yeah. So there's always somebody that is going to make you feel like I can do this. Yeah. And that it's okay. Exactly where you are. Yes. I think that's the, that that's one of the coolest things about this group for me is that every time I, every time we have one of those calls, I just see how different people can relate to one another. Mm-hmm. And th- there's, n- there is not two stories that are exactly the same, but often two reactions could be similar. (laughs) And, um, when, when I was, when I was going through my divorce, this is what I needed. This is what I wanted. I wanted a reclaimed community and I didn't have it. So that's why I created it. But, but the, um, as I was going through it, I, I ended up going to a, um, to a support group for spouses of infidelity. And, um, and I was terrified to go. I had it. Like I was getting the emails for months about it, like just getting an update about it for months. And I was terrified to go. It was in person. And so finally I went and it was, I don't think I've ever been so scared in my life going to that thing, but I finally did it. And, 
And as I was there, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one who's so angry. And I'm not the only one who's, who's experiencing these emotions or like, there's a bunch of other people that have also walked through infidelity in their, in their marriages. And, and they're still here. (laughs) I thought Mm -hmm. I was going to die so many times, you know? Um, but then at the same time, there was, it, this wasn't a faith-based group. There's nothing against this group. It was, a, it was, it was really, really good, but I was seeing that I was seeing that there was a lack of hope for real traction towards healing in their heart. Yeah. There was a sort of this mentality, like, well, this is it. This is what it is. And it's gonna, it's kind of going to be like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a, that's a tough, that's a tough reality. I walked away. Like this is, I feel so seen and so understood, but I don't want to be here for years yeah. and years. <laughs> I want to yeah. heal. I want to move on, not just move on. I want to heal. I want to be better. Yeah. Um, and not, not even knowing what that looks like, you know, but mm-hmm but seeing and my 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 vision my hope for this community is that we we can we can see and hold and experience the emotions the pain the suffering of of going through a divorce while while also saying there's more and god god can and wants to and is healing your heart completely yeah. Um, and that's a tough balance to, to walk because some people really can't hear that right now. <laughs> they, yeah. they get angry if they're like, don't push me away from my pain. <laughs> I want to hold on to this. That's real. Totally been there. Um, so, so that's the, that's the part of that vulnerability that is trying to be cultivated with the reclaimed community that we want to be able to share the stuff yeah. openly, honestly, while also saying, this isn't everything and it's yeah. not forever. Yeah. Cause if you are in the same spot, even a year down the road, then you're not moving forward. Yeah. You know, and the whole point behind going through this process is to get you into a better place. And I've heard it said, you know, Yethu, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, walk through Yep. the valley of shadow of death. I'm not sitting in the valley yep. of the shadow of death. I'm walking through it. You've got to be progressing or something is wrong. And I'm here to tell you that when you start that progression and you start to feel the freedom from the weight that you are carrying from the past, that freedom is addictive and you want more <laughs> and more and more. That is so true. Yeah. Yes. And I want to add something to that too. Okay. A lot of times we can be experiencing that freedom. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh crap, I'm right back where I was. And I'm sad and super depressed and I can't get out of bed. Yeah. And that's that's normal. (laughs) That is so normal because healing is not linear. So what you're saying is like, yes, we have to continue to walk, but sometimes that walking looks like, wait a second. I feel like I've passed (laughs) this tree before on this journey it's, you're not, you are actually moving forward, Mm -hmm. even though it might feel like you're circling back. Yeah. What you're saying here is so vitally important. You're not staying stagnant. You're actually taking steps. And a big part of that is community. 
and yeah. finding the right community that, that the Lord actually wants us to do this relational wounding healing in the context of community, yeah. um, and, and do it relationally. Yeah. Ultimately the key is that we're doing it with him, but exactly. he wants us to involve other people as well. Yeah. Well, and even if you think, um, if you can picture like a pole that has chains wrapped around and around and around mm. this pole. And because we all get to that point where it's like, wait a minute, I'm back in the same spot that I was in before, like you were just saying, and you feel like you've healed. Um, and then you're like, why am I dealing with this again? Yes. Well, every time you do that, it's like the chains unwind one revolution. Ooh, that's good. But yeah. you, then there's a deeper level to get that chain around or off the next revolution hmm. and then the next, and then the next. And some people have a lot of chains that have to be broken. And some yeah. people have a few chains that have to be broken. And I can honestly say in my situation, there are some revolutions of that chain that have broken and snapped so easily. It's like, Oh yeah. Lord, you just made me aware of this. I don't want it anymore. And it's gone in an instant. And then there are other things that I have struggled with because it's like, I feel like I am never getting away from this. Hmm. So the same person can experience both. And, um, it's a lot of it is knowing where to go, who to reach out to and how to get the people in your corner that are going to help you get past the unstuck spots or the Hmm. stuck spots and help you get unstuck in that area. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's a beautiful picture. I love that. I was just even thinking about a necklace that I had that was just terribly tangled, <laughs> you yeah. know, taking the time to untangle it. Some of those knots are a little bit easier than others mm-hmm. to untangle, but then it takes time. It takes energy. So, yeah. so, but I love, I love that picture of kind of unwinding this chain from a, from a pole. Um, let's say that you're talking to your, your younger self, who's, who's working to untangle a lot of chains Mm -hmm. and you're in a, you're in a dark spot. And I'm sure there's, there's individuals listening who are there. What would you say to them? Number one, I think the biggest thing is give yourself grace. You have to be kind to yourself and love yourself and not not beat yourself over the head and go, I'm not getting this. I can't, I can't move forward. This Mm -hmm. is too hard. Um, because yeah, it is hard and that's normal and that's common and that's all of the things, but you will get through it and not everything is going to be easy and cry the tears. Don't shove your emotions down. Let your emotions be revealed. That doesn't mean you need to go outside in the middle, stand in the middle of the street and scream your guts out. (laughs) Maybe you will need to go find an open field that you can stand in the middle of and scream to just release it. Maybe you need to go to the gym and put on a pair of boxing gloves and duke it out with the boxing bag or, or something, but, um, don't hide the emotions because all that's going to do is give you something else that you have to Mm -hmm. get undone later. Um, because the Lord gave us our emotions for a reason and address them 
for what they're worth because they're it's almost like there's a part of your spirit that's coming up for a reason. Yeah. And address it as it comes up. And in that, I think the other thing too is um, <laughs> I hear um, the term a lot, don't navel gaze. So yeah. don't try to look for things that are the problem, but when Holy Spirit brings something up, then address it because he brought it up for a reason and he brought it up because you're ready to deal with it. And okay, this is the next step. This is the next step, but I want to keep moving forward. Yeah. That's a, that's a very important point that he's bringing it up because you're ready. You're ready to deal with it. Yeah. What's, what is the, the emotion, the, the pain that's coming up to the surface. It's actually God's grace and his mercy that it's coming up because he's saying, let's deal with this right now. Yeah. <laughs> and you're so right. We don't have to just keep navel gazing and saying, oh, poor me for dealing with this. Like there's more things that I need to deal with here. Are you kidding me? No, it's, it's actually the Lord's mercy that it's coming up and coming out. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. celebrate the steps that you do take mm-hmm. that move you forward. When you realize that you've done something and it's like, when you look back over your shoulder and you can see how far you've come, be proud of yourself, Yeah, Amen. you know, and go, you know what, this deserves ice cream or whatever <laughs> it is, but you can I think a lot of things deserve you. ice cream personally, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you it's know, really good. That's such a, that's such a beautiful, um, such a beautiful perspective and something that I love. I love that. I love that. Um, so Annie, I just want you to, um, if you would just share a little bit of maybe some encouragement to somebody, if they're like, Oh, this reclaimed community sounds kind of cool, but like, I'm not totally sure. Um, how would you sell them on it? I sell, I try to sell it, but why don't you try? (laughs) I think for me, the first time I was ever a part of the reclaimed community, gosh, well, it's been in the last two years and I've been out of my divorce for nine yep. or out of my marriage for nine. So, uh, by the time I was even a part of the reclaimed community, I felt like I was in some respects miles ahead of everybody else. And I don't mm-hmm. say that to, yeah. to be prideful, nope. but it's just like, there were so many people that were just starting to walk through this journey. And it was like, do I really belong here? But for me, it became about if there is anything that I can share about my journey that mm-hmm. would encourage other people it lit me up and it made me feel good to be able to see a spark in somebody else's eyes as I would tell what I've been through. And they could actually look at me and go, Oh, and you've gotten to where you are. And it makes me, I mean, other than my school schedule here, that has not allowed me to be on the calls at certain times. Mm -hmm. I have tried to be on every single call that has been available. It just keeps me coming back. I love um, pouring into people and encouraging them on the calls. And I think they all come off the call going, even though I knew it was going to be hard to be on there. I'm so glad I went. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's there to be an encouragement Yeah, and I just love being a part of it. I think it's done so well. It is not a misery loves company mm-hmm. atmosphere by any means. It's a, here is hope. I mean, that's your middle name and that's why it is a hope reclaimed. (laughs) It's, 
it's about hope. It's about moving forward. It's about encouraging each other. It's about being there for one another. And if you don't have a community that's in your local area, this is available to you and that's Mm -hmm. what it's there to serve. And you can be as open and honest and forthright and public as you want, not public because it's all, you know, it's all private, but you can have your video on, you can have your Um, mic on. And if you're not sure you can lurk in the shadows the first time to just see how you feel, you can be as involved as you want to be. And I think that's, that's huge. And there's people that can't be involved for different reasons because of where they're at or who's listening in the background or whatever. And that is completely fine. And that's okay. Um, you know, and we're sensitive to that. We, we try to be, we try to be at least. Yeah. Yeah. I know place. Yes. Safety is number one. (laughs) Safety is number one because, because you can feel vulnerable in a scary way. Yeah. Because, because sharing your experience is vulnerable and it's scary. Just like when I was sharing that I went to this support group for spouses of infidelity, I was like, it was terrifying to think about going, but then I did. And it was like, Oh, this is, this was actually really good. Um, And then that experience led me to say, okay, let's do a Christ, (laughs) a Christ centered, hope filled version of that, which is what the the reclaimed community ended up being. Um, But I, I, I so appreciate your, your perspective there. Thank you for selling that. I appreciate it. (laughs) Um, We should say to everybody that it's free. There is no charge. It is absolutely free. It will always be free. Um, I, I feel very strongly about that to give a space for women who just need a space and, um, and having that be a free option. Um, and Annie, I know you're going to do such an awesome job in giving support and encouragement to those people while I'm holding my, my little baby (laughs) when that comes soon. So, um, you're going to be, you're going to be on, um, this fall and, um, I just know it's going to be a real big blessing, but also, I hope that it's a blessing, um, for you as well, because oh, you have, you've given so much, your perspective is so important and, um, and just even doing this podcast with me, I really, really appreciate it. Oh, I love being here. I just, <laughs> it's, it's such an amazing thing that you're doing and it is so needed in the kingdom that I don't think, I think that there's so many times that, divorce is not talked about in the church because the church makes it a point of shame and it shouldn't be. And so to have something like this, that actually kind of helps, even if it's just beginning to crack that door open, I think this is so needed and people need to realize that just because it's not talked about in the church doesn't mean that it carries shame. The opposite of what the Lord wants for us is shame. Absolutely. The Lord desires total and complete freedom for our lives. He came so that we could have that freedom. And so if there is a point of shame, especially around divorce, let's reject that thing and let's, let's talk about it. Let's be open. And if, um, and if the reclaimed community is a place that, that someone can do that, let's go. That's awesome. (laughs) Let's, let's live unashamed y'all. Yes. Um, 
But Annie, thank you for being here. I so appreciate you and your perspective. And um, thank you for having me. (laughs) You're so welcome. And thank you listeners so much for being here. Any information about the reclaimed community and even to register for the next call can be found in, um, in the description of this podcast where you can go to um, my website, hopereclaimedministries.com, and you can find more information about registering for the gathering, for the our time together. Um, so really looking forward to that. So until next time, everybody.